Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. Welcome if you're new to church and I really hope that all of us will be challenged to the message today and I really hope that God will speak to our hearts. And today I want to speak about letters of recommendation. A letter of recommendation is a letter... There's a problem with my PowerPoint. Okay. A letter of recommendation assesses qualities, characteristics and capabilities of the person that is recommended. So I think about letters of recommendation and I, I found one online and it says... Oh, Trevor Adams, my assistant programmer, can always be found hard at work in his cubicle. Trevor works independently without wasting company time talking to colleagues. Trevor never thinks twice about assisting fellow employees and he always finishes given assignments on time. Often he takes extended measures to complete his work, sometimes skipping coffee breaks. Trevor is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no vanity in spite of his high, high accomplishments and profound knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Trevor can be classed as a high-caliber employee, the type that cannot be dispensed with. Consequently, I truly recommend that Trevor be promoted to executive management and the proposal will be executed as soon as possible. Yours sincerely, Bill Manager. Addendum, the guy was standing over my shoulder while I wrote this report. Kindly reread only every second line of the... And then it says something like... Trevor Adams, my assistant programmer, can always be found wasting company time talking to colleagues. Trevor never finishes given assignments on time. Often he takes extended breaks. Trevor is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Trevor can be dispensed with. Consequently, I truly recommend that Trevor be executed as soon as possible. <laughs> now, I really hope that no manager thinks like this. <laughs> and I hope that... While I work in this church, no one will ever think like this. <laughs> but even from the start, I want to say that God, God's intention while creating the human kind and the world was to send letters of recommendation. And even though he doesn't put it like, hey guys, I'm sending you a letter of recommendation, his intention from the beginning was that we would get to know him more and more. That is a letter of recommendation, that we'd understand God's qualities, we'd understand God's heart, we'd understand how God is. And God always existed, and God will never, ever cease to exist. And then, as Pastor Mark said, he created the world, and in this world, he created us. Adam and Eve, male and female, and his intention was that we would get to know him more and more, better and better. We know that from the start, men and God were working together in the Garden of Eden. We know that God and men were spending time together. Adam was talking to God, and God was talking to Adam. God's plan was always to commune with us. That's why he created us. It's not just a random thing. So why don't I just put two people in the world and just let them be? He wanted us to spend time with him, and he wanted us, and he wants us to get to know him better and better. That was his plan even from the beginning. Guys, I want you to know me, and I want to spend time with you. And things were going quite well until something tragic was to happen. Man's sin in form of disobedience separated the creation from the creator. So the relationship that we had before became colder and colder. And the years passed by and we didn't get to know God as much as we should have. Because man's sin took out Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And we would no longer have that perfect relationship with God. 
And the Bible says that your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he does not hear. So what sin did was to create a wall of separation between us and God. Mankind would no longer see God's beauty. Mankind would no longer have the opportunity and the chance to be in the same perfect relationship with God because of the sin. Mankind would no longer see God, so they started to create gods. Mankind would no longer hear God, so they started to follow any other voices. Humankind was no longer friend of God, but slave to the same sin that separated us from God. This is what sin did to us. So God's intention, even in this tragic event, didn't change. He still wanted us to know him. He still wanted to reveal himself to us. So during the years, God revealed himself to many people at different times. And uh, his intention in all of the times when he revealed himself was that he would want to have a people for himself. Even, even with our sin, even with the separation, even with the tragic events that happened, God's heart never changed. And God's heart will never change. He wants us to know him more and more. He wants us to spend time with him. And one of these events is with Moses. It says, Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. Tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back they were written. The tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. So this was God's way of revealing himself to the people that were living in a sinful world. So guys, I'm going to write these two tablets. And he asked Moses to come up the mountain and said, take these tablets of the testimony because they will reveal my character. Because when God says you shall not kill, it's not just a, a, a commandment, but it also shows God's heart that he brings life wherever he is. So God's intention to those tablets of the testimony say, guys, you want to know me? It's quite hard for men to see me face to face because God says, if you see me face to face, you will die because of our sin. But he still found a way. He still said, Moses, go down to the people of Israel, show them the tablets of the testimony, the tablets of the stone, and then they will get to know me through this. The tablets were witnesses of God's character. The works of God and the words of God will always convey a message of redemption. Because when God brought those tablets down, when Moses brought them down, he says, this is who God is. You cannot see him face to face because of your sin. You sinned against him, but he still doesn't give up on you. And his intention and his plan is still the same. Guys, you need to know God, he says. I want to spend time with you, and I'm giving you another chance. I'm making the first step towards a relationship and a reconciliation between you and me. You want to know me? This is how you do it, to the commandments. And Moses brought them down, and God created created the tablets with the purpose of revealing himself to the people of Israel through them. The people of Israel had no direct access to God, and they couldn't know God as Adam and Eve did in the beginning. So the tablets of stone were one of the best ways for them to get to know God, because they could read about what God says about himself. So the tablets was, were a letter of self-recommendation from God to the people. You want to know me? Just read. This is who I am. It's like him writing a letter, and this is what God did. The works and the words of God will always convey the message of redemption. God revealed himself to the people of Israel to all the experiences they had after, after he freed them. The fact that God rescued them from the Egyptian slavery showed God's heart to free the slaves and bring freedom to the people. The fact that God healed them from snake bite while they were looking at Moses' stuff showed that God is the healer and he can heal any, any diseases in our life. And no matter how hard it is, if we look to him, we'll be healed. The fact that God... Uh, 
The fact that they were receiving manna and birds from heaven in the desert showed that God is the one who provides and that you'll never lack anything as long as you put your trust in God. And the people of Israel, of Israel didn't really get that. But in the same time, God's works and God's words were, showing about, were speaking of God's character. The tablets of the Son and the experiences they've been through of God providing, God healing, uh, the fact that they were conquering territory showed that through God, they are conquerors. And as long as they put their trust in God, they will win everything. And God did this with the people of Israel. What I want to show is that God's intention in everything that has happened and everything that will happen is that we will get to know him more and more. Either in written form, like the tablets, or to the experiences we go through. This is God's intention for us. The fact that the pillar of smoke and the, a cloud of, the pillar, a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke was always accompanying them. This showed that you will never walk alone if you want to. That God will always be there with you. It was God's way of saying, guys, I'm here with you. Guys, I'll never give up on you. I want you to know me. And the way we got to know God is to the things we experienced and to the things that we are reading. So God's works and God's words were always conveying the same message of redemption, will always show God's character, and they will never ever contradict each other. The tablets of the testimony were God's way of saying, guys, I will reveal myself to you. You can read my heart and you can read my desire to the tablets of the testimony. I want you to know and I will make the first step towards that. Because once again, the tablets of the testimony, or as we know, know then the tablets of the stone, they were God's self, letter of self-recommendation to the people of Israel. That's why today as we continue our series in Daring to Grow, I want to speak about our lives being letters of recommendation. And I started with Moses because I, wanted to, I want to give you a background of God starting to reveal himself to people, never ceasing to reveal himself to people. How, how is this relevant to us, and why are we letters of recommendation? In 2 Corinthians, because this is the series where we're at, it says, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Paul starts here by saying, guys, you are my letter of recommendation. Because during those times and in these circumstances, there are many so-called super apostles. They were coming and preaching in different churches, and they needed a letter of recommendation. Back then, you couldn't just preach because you go, you needed someone to recommend you. So what was happening is that there were super apostles that were better communicators than Paul, that were better looking than Paul, that were better persuaders than Paul, and they were going to the Corinthian church, the church that Paul started, trying to get letters of recommendation that they would use for their own ministry in the future because you could not preach without a letter of recommendation. The church in Corinth was one of the best churches at the, in that time. So, of course, everyone would want to go and get letters of recommendation from that church. It was how the things were going. And Paul says, guys, I don't need a letter of recommendation. You are my letter of recommendation. The work I've done in your life is the proof that my ministry is genuine. So Paul says, you are letter of recommendation. And in terms of BCC, we are letter of recommendation of BCC. Because the ministry that we do here, the preach, the message, the worship, the courses, the life groups, and everything that is happening is our way of writing on our own hearts. So when you come to our church, it's, uh, it's like us writing on your hearts. And when you go back to your community, people look at you and say, okay, what does this letter say? Because you will adapt to and adopt the the vision of the community you belong to. This is what happens and it's something that you cannot choose. Sorry. 
we will always adapt to and adopt the values and vision of the community we belong to. That's why you see circles of friends who have the same language. They speak the same things. When I was younger and I was living in, let's say, sort of rough areas, I was having that sort of language. Uh, not bad language, but sort of street language. And then I changed, because when I change community, I change behavior, and I change my values, and I change everything. When I wasn't a Christian, my values were quite different than after I was a Christian. And I was really, really bad before, even though I was just a child. I wasn't a nice child. I'm nice, I'm nice now, I guess. <laughs> but we will adapt to and adopt the values and vision of the community we belong to. And that's why in our series, Daring to Grow, that's why our values are daring. That's why when we say this, these are our values, we want, to, we want to take them in our hearts. We want, we want to accept them in our minds and in our hearts. And in the first, when I first came to church the first few months and I knew the values, I agreed with them in my mind. So they are, they are okay. They are in the Bible because that's how I used to judge things. If it's biblical, it's okay, you know? And I still do this anyway. But I didn't let those values become part of my life yet, even though in my mind I agreed with them. But then I said, God, I need to let these values of BCC to become part of my life. And this is what we have to do. If we are daring to grow, we need to let the values, daring, to be part of our lives. We need to have determined devotion to God. We need to activate spiritual gifts every day. We spend time with God, we read the Bible, we pray, we come to prayer meetings. We need to activate spiritual gifts. We have to relentlessly love people in our community, at work, in family. No matter how awful they are, we will relentlessly loving, love them. We increase in our generosity. And I know personal of stories in this church of people just blessing me even from the beginning when I came here and I know that people are generous and what if we increase even more in our generosity with the people outside in the church and everyone who needs Eric and Lisa we increase our generosity to show we, you, you are part of our church and we want to give towards that that is what we do increasing generosity naturally innovative what I do as an exercise is to every Monday when it's my free day I take almost every Monday, I take an hour or two of just thinking. I do it as an exercise. I take a topic or a thing. I say, God, what can I do new? What doesn't work? I want to be naturally innovative, but you need to create space and time for that. It doesn't always just come like this, you know? And I want to, I'm doing this as an exercise for myself because I decided that the values of BCC become my values personally. And wherever I live, wherever I go, they are still in my heart. And then growing compassion, of course. I want to have compassion for everyone. And for me, it's hard to have compassion for everyone. But that's something that I need to work on. And I really hope that God will help me. But we will adapt and adopt the visions and values of the community we belong to. And I will dare to say that you belong to the BCC community. And that's a good thing. You're not trapped in here. But these values that we have are good. They bring life in the community where you're at. And they, we, need, we need to let our hearts be written on as a letter to the preaching, to the message, to the values and the vision we have in this church. That is important for us to do. Our lives are letters of, of recommendation which people around us would constantly read yeah. because Paul says that you are a letter of recommendation known and read by all. Yeah. And let me tell you something. People will read you whether you like it or not. Or not. We try to say... I, I don't like people reading me. Uh, I, I used to not like it. When I was in the Bible college, uh, I mean, in Bible college, everyone knows everything about you. So there's no such thing as private life, you know? <laughs> so they, they knew things about me, my mistakes. And one time I, I reacted so bad that, and I, I went to them and I said, mind your own business. It's like it's uh, with, uh, with a bit more anger in my voice. <laughs> But then I understood that that's not how it should be. I need to be an open letter 
for the, my community, for my friends, for my family, wherever I work, because people will read. So they are reading us anyway. We might as well be intention, have an intention in giving them something to read. And the, what we show them is God in our lives. We show BCC values. We show that we are Christians. We have a kingdom values in our lives. We say, yeah, you might as well read what I want you to read if you keep reading me. Because people will try to find things in your life and use it to manipulate you. Ah, that's how a Christian does. So it's okay. I sometimes do mistake. I'm not perfect, you know. Like Florin told me at work, he's, uh, Florin is Romanian. He's, he's the employee of the month, this, wow. this, which, was, which was nice. I appreciated that. And uh, so now he's in a position where he sometimes tells people what to do, right? And everyone knows he's a Christian. He cont- continually preaches to them. He's amazing. And uh, he told me that there is someone who he tells mop the floor and stuff like this. And he's also, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Because <laughs> Christians don't give commands. Why do you tell me to do this? And he said that that guy told him, I think God changed. So what? Well, <laughs> no, God didn't change. But people will try to misinterpret things that you do in your lives. And that's, that cannot be helped. We will sometimes do mistakes. But you need to know that people will know the writing in your life. They'll know if, if it's BCC or not. They'll know if it's God or not. And they'll read you constantly. That is something that we cannot escape. So we need to be mindful of that and say everything I'm doing, if it's private or public, I want to be something that God uh, has his signature on, that our church has a signature on. This is for me personally. I want to be a BCC ambassador and a kingdom ambassador and a God ambassador wherever I'm going because I believe in these values and they are good and I, I, I am blessed if, I, if, if they become part of my life because I am adapting to and I'm adopting in my heart the same values. And I know that people will read me every single day, and I need to be mindful of that. Then it says that you also show that you are a letter from Christ. So it's not that just we are a letter, but we also show. Because Jesus was the letter of recommendation from God the Father. So the disciples knew the Father because they knew Jesus. It's as simple as that. There was this episode when Jesus was with his disciples towards the end of his life on earth, and one of the disciples said, Teacher, show us the Father. And Jesus, with a certain indignation or disappointment, says, I have been with you for so long, and you still tell me, show us the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, that's quite bold and audacious, if you want, for someone to say this. But Jesus knew what he was talking about. If you have seen me, Jesus said to his disciples, you have seen the Father. You don't need something, an angel to come and say, this is the Father. To my life, to what I've done in your life, you have seen the Father. And I ask myself, would I have the same boldness to say to someone, if you see me, you see God? And I don't mean his beauty or power or anything, but through the, way, through the things I'm doing in everyday life. Do we have the courage to say to our colleagues, guys, if you see me, you know what a Christian should be like. If you see me, you understand Christianity. If you see me, you understand how it is to be a Christian in a church. And there are areas in my life where I will not have the courage to say this. But I need to understand that I am a letter. And someone is writing on my life. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. At the same time, we are a letter of recommendation from Jesus. And people will know Jesus because of his work in our lives and hearts. The best way for us, for the people to know Jesus is through our lives. One of the best ways. Through our words, behavior, attitude, lifestyle, to the fruit that we have. Because people, people don't really want to... Read the Bible, that is just what it is. But Jesus is writing on our hearts, and people read us, and they will understand and they will get to know Jesus because he becomes the author of our lives. We are letters of recommendation. 
Jesus is recommended. He's self-recommending himself through our lives, everything I'm doing. Because if I call myself a Christian, if I call myself a follower of Jesus, people will look at you and say, okay, let me see how that looks like. If you tell me to speak Romanian, I'm expecting you to speak Romanian. And I expect to have a conversation with you in Romanian. If you just claim it without doing it, it's quite useless. I'm expecting to see results. And it says this as well. If you believe in Jesus, people, maybe in different words, you say, I want to see that in her life. And sometimes we need to be careful not to send the wrong message of what a Christian should be. That's why we need to understand that a kingdom value in our lives will portray the right image about God. We need to become as letters that are written by God and by Christ and say, guys, read me. Even as imperfect as I am, you can read about God's forgiveness in my life. You can read about God's grace in my life. You can say that Jesus saved me. We are letters of recommendation that people around us will read us through everything we're doing or saying. And as God, God's works and God's words for people in Israel were delivering the same message. Do our words and our acts, our behavior, transmit the same message? That is like, do I, do I practice what I preach this morning or every time I'm preaching? Am I doing those things or am I just babbling words from my mind but they never become part of my heart? I want to live a life where my words and my actions are the same. I will never, they will never contradict each other. This is what we are. Ignatius said, give unbelievers the chance of believing through you. Consider yourselves employed by God, your lives from the language in which God addresses them. Your lives from the language in which God addresses the unbelievers. The people that don't know God in your lives, your life will be the language that God is using to speak to them. And the question is, what sort of life are we living? How, 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 how am I giving people the chance of believing through me? How am I doing this? Because, as I said, people don't want to read the Bible. But you are the closest thing to the Bible your friends will ever read. And that is just what it is. Because people don't want to read the Bible. It's, it's boring for them. And in a way I understand because I remember myself before and after believing God, how, what reading the Bible meant. Before it was just a... A gathering of little words and little writing of 66 books, which I didn't know there were 66 books back then. But it was boring. I just didn't want to read the Bible. Who would waste their time to read the Bible? Because you know, this ancient book, that it's useless. That's what I used to think. But then God came in my life, and I started to see the Bible with different eyes. It's like every single text and every single verse is saying, I'm a treasure. The Bible is a treasure, full of gems. But people don't know this. Our friends don't know this. I can tell them, but they will want to see it in our life. Yeah. And if we apply what the Bible says, if we become uh, practitioners of the Word of God, this is the people's way of reading the Bible because they will see what we are doing in our lives. They will see that if God says that we should love each other, I'm loving each other. Because the Bible says they will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for each other. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just tell them I love my brothers, show it. And if we, are, if we let the Bible become part of our lives, activating spiritual gifts, if we let it become part of our lives, people will read us because they always want to read us. So let's at least give them a good thing to read. I want to become one of those people who apply the Bible. That I'm not just talking or preaching the Bible. I want to do it in every single day of my life. And I, want to give, I want my life to be the language that God is using. And when someone looks at my life, I want them to see God. I want, the, I want them to see how God helped me through my past and how he provided for me every single time. I want to be that testimony. 
I want them to see that even though I'm a little thing in the eyes of the world, God is using me for great things. Yeah. I want them to see that even though sometimes it's hard, I don't give up on God. And he never gives up on me. That I will always love God. He will always love me. He will always forgive me. He always has grace for me. This is the life I want to have. Yeah. I want to give the people the chance of believing through me, through what I'm doing, through every single decision I make in my life. Then it continues and says that we are written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. So it's no longer uh, writing normally as the world writes. It's the spirit of the, living, uh, of the living God writing on our hearts. That will be like next level. It's not worldly things that define us, but God himself writes on my heart. We are a letter that God himself is writing. The spirit of God who lives in me writes what he wants. And we need to open our hearts and say, God, write whatever you want. I want my life and my heart to be a letter of recommendation. I want people to look at me and see you. Because the Spirit of God writes. It's not the usual means of ink. That's what he says here. It's not just another piece of paper that can be burnt or ink can be lost and erased. It's the Spirit of God at work in my life. And because God wants people to know him through my life, he himself writes on my heart. No, no, that's the best thing. It means that it is possible. We can live such a life that people will look at us and see God because God himself is writing. We just need to not really stand against the Holy Spirit and say no. We say, God, I know it might be painful sometimes. I know that there are some things that need to be erased a bit from the letter that I'm doing wrong, but I want to leave, I want to leave the Holy Spirit to write on my life. And the way I'm doing this is by spending time with the Holy Spirit. It also says that the content promotes the author. The content of your life, the ink or the spirit, promotes an author. What is the content of your life? And for me, an exercise I'm doing when I, every time I receive friend requests on Facebook, I first, before I accept, I go and look at their profile and I look at their page feed. And the things they're sharing, the things they're liking, the books they're reading, the quotes they're sharing, the photos they have, the places they go to, the food they eat, and every single thing shows, it reveals something about them. The content of their Facebook page shows me about them. It's a simple exercise. The YouTube channel of a person shows things about them. Because on the YouTube channel, they always, the first things you see is the things that you are watching or are relevant to your searches. So if I go on my YouTube channel, what, what will I see there? I have friends where they always share these writers and these uh, authors, and I can see that there's something in their lives they really like to read. There are people who only share food and things like this that says something about them as well. Lately, one of the greatest things is to share about health stuff and eating well, running, cardio. That shows an interest in there. But there are other people who call themselves Christians who share not really the best things, who share some music that is not the best. The content of our lives will, show, will point towards an author. And the question is, who is that author? For young people, and I, I always want to say that I get angry in my heart when I see, for example, girls wearing clothes that it's a bit like too much. And I know it's not really my thing to say, but I just want to open my heart and say, girls and women, but girls, I mean, especially the teenagers, be careful what you're wearing. Parents, be careful what you let your girls wear because they, they deliver a message. And I'm telling you, as a guy and as a boy, when I was a teenager, everything, just everything. I mean, they could wear, they could wear a sock. It, I would still go there, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not doing it now. 
But the point is that boys don't need too much of... Uh, <laughs> they can do it, you know? <laughs> this is how things work. But then, but then if, if, our, if I'll say our daughters, if our daughters wear clothes as Christians, and they call themselves Christians, and they reveal things of their body, what message will people around understand? The content of their dressing code points towards, towards an author. Who is the author? For some of them, it's Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, and there's the other girl that used to be Hannah Montana. I forgot, forget her name. Okay, I can see who knows. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Like, I was thinking about it from this message. Like, I used to like Hannah Montana when I was a child because she was like cute and nice, like innocent. But now when I look at her life, it's... I, I, my natural tendency is to describe her in a very bad word because this is what she's doing with her life. And she's, an, she's a hero for our girls and boys. She is the one that everyone wants to become like. And if we let Miley Cyrus become the author of our kids' life, they will portray that. They will promote that. They will dress like her. They will behave like her. They will talk like her. It's important even as parents I know I'm not a parent, but I just speak objectively. Be careful what you feed your kids with. We, we need to feed the kids with biblical content, with church content, with kingdom content. Don't, don't let them give the wrong message of what a Christian should be at their age. Be careful how you dress. Boys. <laughs> boys. I, I, I had to learn to teach some of the boys how to use a broom, literally. And I was shocked. In the, in, no, 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 none of them is here. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I remember, it's like you take one hand, left hand, right hand, and just do this. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, they didn't know. And for me, these are things that I take for granted. Of course you know how to use the broom. They didn't know how to fold those foldable tables. It's okay, it's like... You lift the legs up, bam, turn it over, and it's simple. They didn't know how to hold the table to carry it to the garage. Really, they didn't know. I was like, just, just put your hand here and just move. You know, it's, it's so simple, but they don't have these things. And I, I'm asking myself, what is the content of their lives? And they want to get married, but they still, they, they still spend eight hours on PlayStation, you know? This is some of the youth in our, in, that come here, they're like this. And Luke and I and all of us are trying to say, guys, man up. You need to step up. <laughs> really? Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> of course, they would not know what a hammer is. That's already like next level. We're talking. <laughs> we need to take it step by step, you know? <laughs> they know. They know what an axe and sword is because their heroes always fight, you know? Or a shield because of Captain America. But, but they don't know these things. <laughs> Because what they're watching, they will do what they will, they will sort of promote what they're watching. And who is the author? Because it can be DC Comics, it can be Marvel, Spider-Man, Superman, and all these men and women. But they're not real, in a way. And they will try to become that. And they're spending their hours and hours playing those games. And they will never be mature. They will never man up. And we need to be careful with these things. We need to make sure that what we teach them at home is something that is king, has kingdom values for them. The content promotes the author. I spent a lot of time on this one. But you, can, you can see that it's on my heart. Then Paul says that 
It is written not on tablets of stone anymore, but on tablets of human hearts. And this brings us back to Moses, to what we started. God revealed himself back then to the tablets of stone, to the people. Guys, this is who I am. But now things have changed. And God will reveal himself to the tablets of human hearts. God will reveal himself to relationship, not to rules anymore. That's why back then it was to a set of rules. It was 10 on the tablets, but there were like 361 rules. Say, God, you want to know me? This is how you do it. But none of them could do it, and none of us can do it anyway. Try to, to keep all the 363 or whatever rules that are in the Bible. That's impossible. I mean, I'm sorry to say you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But then Jesus came. He obeyed every single rule. That's why he had the audacity to say, God, if you see me, see the Father. I've done it all. And then he died for us. So his perfection became my perfection. In theological terms, it's called imputation. God put his perfection on my life, and he took away my sin and nailed it to that cross. Which means that now my heart, as long as I believe in Christ, is a good heart. Which means that my heart is no longer cold as the tablets of stone, but is warm and people can read me. And it says that God's, God's revelation no longer comes to tablets of stone and rules, but comes to a pure heart and to the relationship we have with him. Which means that you can tell people of what it means to be a Christian. You can give them, the, give them the how to do this. But what they will care is about your relationship with God. That's what matters more because God will reveal himself through your heart, not through your to-do's list. Of course, we talk to them, but we also have a relationship. Yeah. You need to have a relationship to the people that you want to win for God. You cannot just tell them this is what it means to be a Christian. You shall not, you shall not, you shall not, and so on. That's boring. I don't want to become a Christian if Christianity is a set of rules. It's, it's useless. First of all, it's frustrating because I know I'll never be able to do them. And then I feel like it's, it's binding me. I, become, I, become, I feel like I'm become slave to those rules. But God says it's no longer about rules, but it's about relationship. Yes, you are messed up. Yes, you have wrong things in your life. But I'm going to help you in the relationship we have. Yeah. So God reveals himself through our hearts, not through the stone anymore. And our, stones, our, our hearts used to be cold, but God softened them. God brought warmth to our hearts when he saved us. Yeah. And Paul is saying, people will look at your hearts, your desires, your passions, your time that you spend with God. And through this, God will reveal himself to them. This is how it works now. So if you have friends that you want to win for God, try to show them what you're telling them as well. That's important. Be a light. Be the salt. Don't, don't, don't be just the, the microphone, you know. Don't be just the speaker that and they will never understand anything. Show them through everything that we are doing. Because God's, God's revelation comes to our hearts now. And people understand our passions. I can understand someone's passion from their Facebook, really. It's easy. I don't need to be a psychologist for that. I can go and see what they like every day. And I'm doing this with some of my friends. And I'm trying to keep myself in check as well. What do I like? Because our passion will reveal God. Our passion, people will see them. People will see what we like. What, what, what am I spending money on? As Pastor Mark said, oftentimes money it points towards where our heart is. What am I spending the money on? And I know for myself I'm spending a lot on books. <laughs> and I, I need to make sure that I don't become slave to knowledge. It's, it's a good thing in a way, but I need to make sure that I'm not like that. I want to increase in my generosity. I want people to see my heart rather than my words. Because I can preach to you, but I cannot I can do it after.
while I was in France this last week, I said to my friend who invited me, I said, I can come, I can preach, I can make you laugh, and I can make you cry, and then I can leave. You wasted your resources on me, and nothing happened. It's easy. It's easy to go and preach, uh, if you preach like just from the mind. And it's easy, and they don't get anything, because I told them, I can be the clown who comes to the circus, entertain your church, and then I leave, and nothing happened. And I said to them, why don't we do a bit more than that? I said, I don't want any money. I insisted, don't give me any, anything. But I want my actions to match my words. So we did a training, what, the similar thing with what we call GDP. And then I, I brought a team together, and I helped them discover more about who they are. Because I could tell them who they are, but I showed them who they are. And I'm telling you, they started things now in Nice. They started evangelism and reaching out people, totally challenging them. But because I brought the same values I have in this church there. They are part of my life, and I believe in them. So my heart was in that place. It wasn't just my mind and my mouth and my tongue. Because I could preach to them. I could be the clown. But I said, I'd rather be a foundation to you. I said, just build one, some of the things that I'm teaching here. And it works better, and they are blessed, and God is always blessing them. Now I want, Shagan also come, if you want. I want. I want us to think about our lives as I conclude now. And I want us to understand that if we want the people to know the author, they will have to read the content of the letter. Which author do you want them to know in your life? That is the question. We can talk about it, but they will read our lives. And the question is, who is the author of your life? Who is the author of my life? The Bible says about Jesus being the author. So we look to Jesus, the author, and perfect of our faith. You kill the author of life who got raised from the dead, Peter preaching. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. Satan, the author, he was a murderer from the beginning. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Who is the author of your life? Who do you want to be the author of life? Because when Jesus writes, he writes eternal salvation, he writes faith, and he writes life. When Satan writes, he writes destruction, lies, and death. This is, these are the only two authors you will ultimately have in your life. That's, this is what it is. Who do we let to write the letter of our lives? That is the question. I am a letter of recommendation whether I want it or not. The question is, who am I recommending through that letter, through my life? What do people read? Who puts their signature at the end of the letter and says, this is me. I take claim upon the content of this letter. And if Jesus writes, this is eternal salvation, faith, belief, and life, because Jesus came to bring life and life abundant. This is what Jesus did. When Satan writes the letter of your life, he will steal from you. He'll try to destroy you. He'll try to destroy us. That's why we need to put our faith in Christ. That's why I say, God, I'm an open letter. I want to have, be like a blank sheet of paper. And I want you to write. Maybe starting with today, I say, God, write on my life. Because you are the author of salvation. You are the author of faith. You are the author of life. And if I need to put my trust in anyone, I'll put it in Christ, of course. Anything else 
his destruction. And if you want people to know the author of life, you need to let him write in your heart. If you want the people to know the author of faith, you need to live by faith. And if you want the people to know the author of life and salvation, you need to live according to this. Okay. Bless you.